Oh yeah, Monty and the Pharaoh, number one wrestling podcast, yeah. When it comes to podcasts, they are the cream of the crop, yeah, dig it? We know what you're thinking. Did they fire off six fascinating points of interest or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all the excitement of watching and listening to Long Island's number one wrestling podcast, I've actually forgotten myself. But being this is the Monty and the Pharaoh podcast, live from Indie Music Studios in Ronkonkoma, and the fact that they were talking to yet another champion wrestling star, one of the most powerful and talented performers from the wrestling franchise, and not to forget, well-informed and provided interview questions asked and answered. It was such an interesting and entertaining hour, the questions nearly blew your head clean off. Now you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? What's up, guys? It's Gina Marie here from Big Brother, and you're watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast with Monty and the Pharaoh. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty and Afaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. At the board, the main man, the producer, he's no longer a secret. He is a fan favorite, Matty Ice. Matty, how are you, pal? Great as always. Matty is now training uh, the young Jedi, Abe. (laughs) So he's getting him ready. He's being the... Uh, force is strong with this one. He has the forces. There we go. This may be the Luke Skywalker of producers coming up. And would that make Matt the Darth Vader? Actually, I was thinking about Matt. He's a, he's a lot taller, but, you know, yes, my son. He could be Yoda. Oh, my God. You're going to go into a Yoda imitation? Going to Yoda, I will not. If anyone didn't know, this is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, bud? I'm just ducky. Oh, my God. Dude, you got nothing to say about my shirt? You got nothing to say about my chin thing? That, that's been there, though. It's no, comp- it hasn't. It's no, brand but... new. It's an old look, but it's new this week. Yeah, it's You'll old, new. Yeah, Nobody noticed this. I cut off my Superstore Graham goatee. Somebody noticed. And I do a little Farrell thing, and you're like, uh, wait a minute. What about your shirt? Can you dye that thing? Yeah, I probably should. Because you should go, like, black. But I think the gray goes good with the crazy blue eyes. Might, might be the case. Nobody ever sees them. because It know, might be the case. We got the shtick to do. The shtick. Anyway. Yeah, go on. Subject is my shirt. Yeah, what about you? People shirt? at work thought my shirt was outdated. What did you think? I like it. Personally, Thank I like you. I like the color combo. I think it's kind of cool. You know? I think tomorrow I'm gonna What's wear one. What's wrong with it? What I like it. That's why about? I'm wearing it. They what said do they it's want? something that looks like a tablecloth. Said it makes brand? me look like I'm 80 years old or something like that. Years I should old. be in like Florida at some kind of like you. old retirement home. Why? Why you? You don't strike me as ready for the retirement home. Maybe the maybe the psych ward with me. <laughs> you could be. But, but, you know, Great God. show Saturday with uh, ECW legend Bill Alfonso. Hey, Thoughts hey. on that? I, oh, come on, man. You know, I was waiting for two two years to get a uh, hold of Fonzie. Great. 
Great guy. And we got big news with Bill Alfonso in the upcoming weeks. Yep, Bill Alfonso will be part of the Monty Nefaro show as we'll be doing a segment. Oh, my God. We're just finalizing the deal. Wow. So when I wished upon that star the other night, it worked? If that's what you wish for, I don't know. Well, I'm doing at least I'm wishing on behalf of the show. Can you give me that much? Yeah, but you know. You loser. You could have asked for a million dollars. Hold on. If I had a choice between. Bill Alfonso doing a segment every month on Monty and Faro and Mandy Rose's ass. I would take Mandy Rose Wait a every second. time. You didn't offer me Mandy Rose's ass. Bro, you just said you, you wished upon a star. I don't need that. to teach you. Why didn't you tell me I could wish for that? I would have gotten a serving of two. two one for you, one for me. Very good. Two for me, one for you. Three for me, one for... Go on. Next. Cal, uh, Colin Kaepernick posts on oh, his social media. I was in a good mood. I was in a good mood. All right, what did Colin Kaepernick do? What, what do we got? I'm going to try to be... Behave. Go ahead. The abolishment of the police. I'm not going to behave. What do you think, pal? What are you What are you talking when about? When does a man go too far? What? He wants what? the abolishment of police. Today, I'm excited to hold share. Hold on, hold on. And then he wants the reopening of jails. No more jails. No more jails. No police. No more jails. So everyone's going to handle it themselves. That's what he's thinking. Does that sound Does that sound good to you? Because no. it sounds kind of dangerous to me. What it sounds like is I hate Colin Kaepernick as much as I hated him the day yesterday. I guess is the point. Wow, this is a this is a severe act of douchebaggery. Like, I behaved. That's a, that's an act of douchebaggery. He's a douchebag. At what point Hi, does douchebag? At what point does someone wow. get held accountable for their comments like that? I don't know, but without structure. You better check the human race's behavioral pattern, guys. Well, our special guest, our special guest, our special guest who will be announcing shortly, and we're going to ask him what he wants to be called. I I really want to know what he thinks of that. But uh, let's let's finish this off. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. What? Tina Turner was. Is this official? This is official. Tina Turner. I can't disagree. Carol King. I cannot disagree. Carol King, great songwriter. The Go Go's. Cool. Right? Gotta yeah, go, go, go. No, sure. And I wasn't a huge fan at all. But yes, of course. Jay-Z. How can you not? What am I, ignorant? Jay-Z. Of course. Go Foo, on. Foo Fighters. Oh, thank you, man. See, now I get excited, but that's because I'm a rock guy. Yes, absolutely. And wow. Todd Rundgren. Wait a minute. Well, Dave Grohl's in twice. Yeah. Dave Grohl, genius. Well, I mean, think about that band, Nirvana. You had Kurt Cobain in front, like, you know, just changing the world as far as the genre, the 90s, which I know depressed you. We could get into that at some other time about how the 90s came along and depressed you with the music. But they're, they're in the backgrounds. Dave Grohl. Oh, my God. What a freaking career. And who's the last one? You mean to tell me that Todd Rundgren finally got in? And he doesn't want it. He doesn't. Doesn't want it. So if I'm the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, minute, I think you kick who, his ass out, too. Wait a minute. He's the guy who wrote, Time heals the wounds no one can see. And not, his wounds aren't healed? Bro, I'm not challenging the man's talent. Wow. But I'm trying to say, if you don't want to be part of something, then don't waste the nomination and get rid of him. Wow. Hello, it's me. That was a great That was a great song. What's wrong with him? Wouldn't you accept this honor? I know, I know someone that would accept the honor. Who's that? And that's the band that sings the theme song for Monty and Farrow, nice the band singer. Wisteria Hall, <laughs> led by the lead singer, Mr. Jimmy Farrow, Thank along you. with his partner, Bart Griggs. Bartman. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as our theme song, Riding High, In okay. My Dreams, This okay. Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. Got to tell you, dude, yeah, not just putting you over, love your band. Thank you, sir. You are, you are this close. I'm a well-kept In my opinion, you I'm are this close. Please go to Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, and Reverb Nation where you can download Wisteria Hall's music. And please go to their YouTube page and give them a like and a subscribe. 
I you know said, you would like it, right? You said load. Anyway, if you don't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one <laughs> pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro. You can catch Monty Nefaro on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Hear the Monty Nefaro Show on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Anchor. Also catch the Monty Nefaro Show on the Twitch TV Monty Nefaro page. Okay. And on New York Cable in the reduced version where this special guest will be reduced. Oh, he will not be reduced. He will be condensed and abbreviated for television purposes next. Channel 115 every Tuesday. Channel 20 at 2 a.m. to 2.30 on... Fridays and on Saturday mornings, Ugh. channel 115, 6 a.m. to 6 30. We'll be right back. We are super excited, but I need to ask him before we go to commercial break. Okay. Do we call you Eugene? Do we call you Nicholas? What would you like to be called, How about sir? Nick? What do you mean, Nicholas? That doesn't matter. People call me Eugene, people call me Nick. <laughs> but what do you like? What do you like? Seriously, what do you like? The wrestling fans know me as Eugene, so they can call me Eugene. Well, then we're calling you Eugene. You got it. We'll be right back with this pro wrestling icon, Eugene, in a minute. Stay tuned for Eric Bischoff's nephew. Tag America, representing the very best of American ingenuity, craftwork, and creative arts. Handcrafted wood flags, yard signs, nine-line apparel, artisan candles, and outdoor garden accessories. Custom-commissioned murals, portraits, and signed by artist owners and residents. Grand opening May 23rd. Wrestling superstar and former world champion and Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, will be there from 12 to 4 for limited edition print signing. Free line dancing classes 1 to 4. Rain date for line dancing June 6th. Raffle prizes where 100% of proceeds will go to Tunnel to Towers Foundation and 10% of net proceeds of in-store sales as well. Military, police, firefighters, healthcare workers, we want your signatures on our wall of honor. Easy to find, fun to browse. 14 East Broadway, Port Jeff, opposite the ferry, in the Lighthouse Landing Shops, two doors from Echo Lynn Jewelers. Come visit us at 14 East Broadway, Port Jeff, or call 631-741-2344. Because Made in America matters. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monte Farrow, only seen here out of Indie Music TV in Long Island, New York. We're here with former WWE superstar Eugene in studio. All right. <laughs> so everybody, everybody knows, before we even get to the wrestling stuff, yeah. Eugene, I have to ask you some serious questions. Mm-hmm. Israel's on fire. Wow. We've got war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gas prices are through the roof. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. So that coming. Right. Lumber's up 126%. Mm-hmm. Food index up 25%. Mm-hmm. Silver's up 38%. Copper's up 50%. Soybeans up 71%. Oil's up 80%. What are you, JBL? Pipeline jobs lost. $1.9 trillion deficit. Is that all? Hold on. I'm Is not that done. All? 9% unemployment, oh, and, yeah. we, and the jobs have not, never been so, so abundant. And people don't want to work. No oh boy. Before we even get to wrestling, I got to ask you, what is Eugene thinking about what's going on in this country right now? Did you hear about Beirut? He's the best damn baseball player ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he could pitch and hit. That's oh right. Oh you know, who can do that? Did, did, did he have an action figure, though? I don't know if they had them back You know then. the best part about having your own action figure? You get to play with yourself in public. <laughs> Wait. 
Come oh on! That is probably the best answer I've ever heard. <laughs> I, that works for me. I tell you, I Would you expect, expect any less from Eugene? I this is Eugene! For I did sake. not expect I, I, it. I'm kind of glad it happened. I've been to 42 <laughs> countries. I've been to all 50 states. I've been to Kalamazoo, Kathmandu, Timbuktu, Rancho Cucamonga, and Lake Titicaca. And you know what I like the best? is being right here on the Monty and the Pharaoh yeah, Show. That's it, baby. There Woo! It there it is. All right, Pharaoh, you're out of big man. Uh, I am? I don't even know how to follow that up. Oh, my God. What if I get, don't get a serious answer about his beginnings? I think you'll get some serious All right, answers. let's try. Eugene, how did you wind up becoming a wrestler in the first place? And for those at, at home who don't realize what kind of career this man had over at OVW, this is a 10-time oh, yeah. OVW champion. But who's counting? And a WWE World Tag Team champion with a much-respected William Regal. Absolutely. Eugene, how did it all start with wrestling? Um, that's what I wanted to do since I was seven years old, you know, since I saw Saturday night's main event and saw the Hulkster, you know, um, when I was in high school, I was in the homecoming court. I didn't win King, but I was in the homecoming court. And as we're marching in the gym for the big parade, they said, uh, you know, Nick Dinsmore wants to be a WWE wrestler someday, WWF at the time. And a girl that was, uh, two grades behind me came up to me in the hall one day and said, uh, my dad's got a wrestling school right here in, in Southern Indiana. And that was the nightmare Danny Davis. And when I was 19, I started training with, uh, Danny Davis. Um, which eventually became OVW. At the time, it was just the Nightmare Danny Davis School of Wrestling. And then I started training in 96. Um, in 98, I think, is when he partnered with WWE and became the training facility for the developmental talent. Um, and then the first crowd was Batista and Brock Lesnar and John Cena, Randy Orton, uh, Shelton Benjamin, Victoria. And by that time, I had about three years of experience. So I was kind of like a player coach, working with them in practice and working with them you know, at the events. And then from there, I'd, I had, I'd wrestled for WCW also. I did the very first Brian Pillman show, the very first match on the very first Brian Pillman Memorial show, and I got mm -hmm. noticed by Terry Taylor. Okay. Um, I wrestled for USWA in their last seven... Let me just seven, stop you there real quick, Eugene. Talk about Brian Pillman, right? Dark Side of the Ring just had the thing on Brian Pillman. Mm -hmm. An honest opinion. Me and Farrell go back and forth with it on other show, right? So sure. Pillman, to me, was a great wrestler, but I always felt he was a very secondary, third-level wrestler. He wasn't a main event guy where Farrow thinks he was a really top-level guy. Thoughts on Pillman? I can't punish him for his booking. That's how I look at it. I still feel he was great. I, I think he was a main event talent. I don't know that he was written into a main event spot. That's my But, I mean, he, he, he transcended at a time when the Internet was just sparking. I mean, he, he crossed all the levels and, like, became a star mm -hmm. on his own, you know, yeah. without being under contract, you know. Right. Definitely phenomenal. Right. When you, you said you were about three years in at OVW when that legendary class came oh through my that God. you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you, what was your impressions when these guys first walked through the door? The young Randy Orton, the young Batista, the young Brock Lesnar, the young John Cena. Are you hearing this list? That's crazy. I mean, what was this? Did you realize these guys were all going to be big timers right away? Or Well, there was also several other guys that didn't make it, but were just enormous physical specimens. Okay. There was a guy that was seven foot two. There was bodybuilders. There was, you know all the other kinds of athletes, and I never thought that I would make it to WWE, but I thought I could be an OVW wrestler and help train these guys, and I, and I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And then when I ended up getting signed to a contract in 99, developmental contract, I was like, oh, my gosh. But it was kind of like I was going to be the, the tackling dummy and the guy to work with them in the ring, and Rip Rogers and Danny Davis and Jim Cornette would kind of tell them what to do on the sidelines. Um, and then as time progressed, and I just kept getting better and kept helping the new class come in, and I saw that uh, people would often complain about living in Louisville or wrestling for, you know, not Monday Night Raw, you know, you know, upset that they're working for WWE, but they're not, you know, huge stars, complain, and all of a sudden they get called up. So uh, I tell my students now, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So I told Doug Basham, 
when after the Basham brothers, I said, I think I'm going to quit and try to go to Japan, which I had no intention of doing because, A, I didn't know anybody in Japan, and, B, I was living at home. You know, I, I drove maybe two hours to the longest show. I mean, it was a perfect place for me in my hometown. Doug told Dean Malenko. Dean told Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace told Vince, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm sitting in a meeting with Vince McMahon. So about six months before that meeting, Rip Rogers, his son has autism, he comes to me and says, what about a wrestler that, you know, isn't very social, can't put the square peg in the square hole, can't tie the boots, but the minute the bell rings, he can do stuff he saw on TV flawlessly because he's a wrestling fan. He knows all the trivia, he knows all the history, he knows everything about it. So I kept that in the back of my head, and uh, at the time in Louisville, they would send the agents down every month, and I pitched it to the agents like Dean and uh, Arn Anderson fit, and they're like, well, wrestling's kind of gone beyond that gimmicky stuff, we, we don't do that anymore, okay. So every now and then the writers would come down. So writers come down and pitched it to them. No, no, Vince wouldn't do that. He wasn't like that. So I'm sitting in that meeting with him. Vince is there. Stephanie McMahon's there. Vince goes, I want to get back to character-based wrestling. And I just spit out the character. Great, we'll start on Monday. He liked it right away. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I was at a point in That's my career right. that I either needed to do something and, right. and try or, or, get, or, or get released. Right. You know? Right. Um, and just so happened, Steve Austin walks in and was... February of 2004, he was, Austin came back for something, and uh, Vince goes, Steve, you ever seen this guy wrestle? And he goes, no, I don't think so. I said, well, I was trained by Danny Davis because I knew that Danny and Austin had a friendship in Dallas when they wrestled in Dallas. And he looks, goes, oh, it's probably, probably one of the best then. And it was like that vote of confidence that, you know, and then they put me in the great booking by putting me with uh, as Eric Bischoff's nephew. So I had instant credibility. Right. And then they put me with William Regal. Right, because I was never extremely strong on cutting the promos, so Eugene didn't have to be, and Regal could cover for me. Sure, and a lot of times he, he could just be the straight man and do everything and get it, and I could throw the little lines in there and be comedy. But did you have trepidations about this role? Did Bischoff have trepidations about being involved in this type of role, or was it just like everybody's on board? Let's just do this. I mean, I, I don't think so. Uh, I think you know it was written, you know. Special kid's going to be ne uh, Bischoff's nephew just to kind of knock him. But to me, he was, he was all in. He was, all right, let's do it. And, and Regal was just coming back after a long, a long time off an injury, and he was ready to go. Um, Cornette and Danny Davis were the ones that were really like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, this, this might not be. And I was like, you know, this might be my one opportunity because I don't know that I would get a second one. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to run with it. Mm -hmm. And the thing was is I'd wrestled at that point for eight years. And I say often, you know, I was, I was a 10-year overnight success <laughs> because I had Rip Rogers, what I'd be like, you know, make the mistakes now, learn from them so you don't make them again. And when I got there, they gave me a little bit, and I did good. Yeah. Gave me a little more. I did good. I started to get over. And I just, I was at a point where I could go out and wrestle and not have to worry about the wrestling and just concentrate on having fun and being the character. And really, it was just, they say that the characters are something inside of you. And it was just like me remembering when I was a kid how I felt about wrestling. If I was excited, I'd be excited. Or if, you know, kids get yelled at, you know, get kind of scared, whatever. And I just try to bring out those emotions and just try to connect with the fans. And it was at a time when it was post-NWO, post-Steve Austin, but everybody still wanted to be a cool, strong heel. I don't want to sell. I want to get all my shit in. I want to do all my stuff. And then I just went out there. I wanted to sell and do comedy. Because mm. at the time, Hurricane was the only kid's character, and the brands were split. So I knew that there was one show that didn't have a kid's character, didn't have a comedy character. Gotcha. And so I just, I just ran with it. They, and, and the one thing that really helped me was uh, the writer, Brian Gerwick, that wrote a lot of the rock stuff. He could write for Eugene. He knew exactly how to write for Eugene. And um, they actually wrote a movie for Eugene. Movie? Yeah. Okay. You, you ever see Big, Big Show's movie, Knucklehead? Yes. Or that was movie? you? Yep. Holy. But I went, I went off and got myself released before I could do, do any of the acting. So. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. Yep. 
How are your parents? Hey, Mom, Dad, I think I just want to be a wrestler. What? What do they say? My mom goes, you better do it because you don't want to live, live your life and be a wish I had. You don't, you don't want to be, you know, be awesome. 45 years old and be like, damn, I wish I would have tried that when I was 19. Right. Wow. Right. And that was just it. I just wanted to try it. And it was something where I did pretty good in a small independent company in, in Louisville, Kentucky, in southern Indiana. And then when WWE came in, you know, I, I, got, I got to know those guys. So when they all got called up, I knew everybody in the locker room. And it was just something where a lot of good things fell in place, and I was surrounded by a lot of good teachers, and I just, you know, worked hard. How does it feel to, like, achieve your dream like that? I mean, you you, you did it. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Like, I got the action figure. I got the teddy bear. <laughs> I was in the ring with The Rock. I was in the ring with Hulk Hogan. I pinned Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. WrestleMania 21 is one of my favorite. I sent it to him this morning where Hogan comes to, to save you after those terrible, those freaking... Arab villains. That's right, those Arab villains. They were beating on Eugene. It was terrible. The music hits. The place goes bonkers. That's what a crazy. great moment. Oh, my God. i got to ask you, your OVW career. You know, I find you to be very interesting as far as the Internet goes. While they usually love to destroy the entertainment aspect, a lot of these inter- Internet guys, they do realize what your background was with OVW. And I find it kind of amazing you're in a very special niche with the internet as far as the way they look at you because those ovw days do add credence to everything at least in their eyes so mm-hmm. I, i've always found that impressive being a 10-time champion down there you worked with jim Cornette for obviously a long time what's your impressions on jim Cornette? how was he towards you and is he really like this in real life he's so combative you know how he could be you know, he, how was he behind the scenes for he, you? He can be, absolutely. Everything you, you see on Twitter or, or see of him on any video, he, he can be. But mm-hmm. at the time, I was the top babyface, and I had probably the most experience of the OVW guys, and, and the development guys, developmental guys were coming in, and he wrote well for me. Mm. And, I, you know, I, I was on time. My ears were open. My mouth was shut. I did what I was told as best I could, mm. and you know, he, he, he wrote well for me. So there was four of us. It was Rob Conway, myself. Doug Basham and Danny Basham, who was the damager, and we were always kind of in the top tiers, working with the developmental guys that were weaving their way through, and you know, pulling off really good, exciting TV for for Louisville. And I think it's some of that is out there, but WWE owns all the footage now, and they never really released any of it on the network. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. and it's like a, a lot of stuff that I wish would get released because you know then people could see more of what I did then. Yeah, plus, you get those residuals. Any, any re- I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Really? I, I, like, with the network, I don't, I don't know what we get for that. I mean, if, right. we, if there's merchandise still out there, we get, I, I don't know, because that's... We don't have a union, so uh, we can't renegotiate those. Well, we're going we're gonna, to... You know what? We're just going to jump into it right there. So, we grew up WWF guys, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't, we'll, we'll talk about it, but we're huge Vince McMahon guys, and, uh, and you know, we are. we're a little... We're, we're, we're on the right, and Vince is, oh, yeah, a little bit. falls in that... A little bit. Uh, there's a lot of pro wrestling experts that and uh, say out there that Vince has taken advantage of all these old time wrestlers who now can't carry their own and they have all these physical issues and drug issues. Uh, your feelings? Should there be full medical even for ex wrestlers? And does Vince McMahon owe them all this for creating, you know, creating the WWF? R E. I, I go back and forth. I, I think at a certain point, yes, because this has become a billion-dollar conglomerate. And when they when, when they brought it upon the network, I mean, 
they made huge amounts of money. And then when they started doing the Saudi Arabian deals, they made huge amounts of money. I mean, this is a worldwide global small business because they only employ like less than 50 people. And I feel like we give everything in a time span of generally four years is, is, is the average career span that then we have to go through the rest of our lives with aches and pains and injuries. Um, if we don't get it, I mean, I, I wouldn't be bad for that, but wouldn't be upset with that, but I feel like it's, it, it might be something that should be talked about. It should be a discussion with somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's the government and Vince. But don't you feel like if you had a union, you'd be capped out? Like, for example, someone like Dwayne Johnson wouldn't be Dwayne Johnson if he was in that union, right? Because it would just be these cap levels, right, that, that went on with that union. And you have this whole advantage of if you get over as Eugene, which you did, you have this huge windfall that you can get out of it if you fail time's up and you, maybe you're doing something else yeah it's definitely you know the opportunity everybody gets the same opportunity and it, it's your it's your opportunity to succeed or fail right but if we destroy our bodies in the ring for this this entity that has become something on its own you know it feels like at some point we're all in a family mm. and we've contributed to the family and it would be nice just to as the years go by to be taken care of a little bit not a lot just you know, like the guys that play, what is it, four years in the NFL, they get a little pension, you know, right. a little money, just something. Right. Because right. there's less WWE superstars throughout history than there are NFL players. There's a, a huge number amount of NFL players, but yet they can all get a little something if they play X amount of years. I don't know. And to, to, to your point, there's a small lifespan for a pro wrestler as far know, as being over, right? It's yep. not that long. The reason why I would understand, and I do understand his point of view, is, is I also believe that if there ever is to be some sort of correction with these sort of things, it should be judged on a case-by-case -case basis. His opinion is very valid. He worked for them for years, and he also worked with OVW, which was a subsidiary of theirs, which was the pre-NXT thing. He's, he's got a right to feel this way. Stop well, using big words like subsidiary. Sorry, sorry bro. i got to you know, reevaluate my uh, you know, grammar. But... Um, <laughs> My point being, though, is, is is that what do you do with other guys who, some of them worked for Crockett. They didn't even work for Vince. Vince is supposed to pay for them now all these years. I think it should be based on a case-by-case -case thing. It would definitely have to be. I mean, because like, like you were saying, in OVW, I was taking bumps and getting beaten up by B Batista when he was stiff as hell and beating Vince's people up. Vince's future cash and, with those yeah, guys. Yeah, and, and I, I contributed to you know guys Absolutely. like Cena and Brock and those guys. Not I was the only one, but I was one of them in there. And Absolutely. It, it yeah. would be nice. The growth process, you're part of that physically. Yeah. I, want, just I, I want to talk to you of that, of that list of guys when Orton was there. Oh. How did you feel about Orton? Did you feel like, oh, this is bullshit, this guy's coming off a cowboy? Was he ahead of the, the rest of them, that class, though, as far as a wrestler when he first got there? He had to be. Or, had to be or, ahead wait of minute, or better yet, did you feel ring. as a guy who made, you know, you, you, you worked your ass off, and here comes Randy Orton, all Ace's son, and he's walking right in there. I mean, right. what's your thoughts? No, then? I, I, I love Randy, and I did at the time because yeah, that was somebody that I could wrestle with. All of them, each guy, I could figure out what are their strengths, and let's play to their strengths, let's hide their weaknesses, and right. let's have good matches with everybody. Well, you did a um, great job with Le Leviathan at the time. Yeah, I, mean, I, well, I, worked with, I worked with him, and I knew what, what he did well, and, yeah. and we just kept it in those parameters. Was and he somewhat dangerous in the early days as far as you know? No, no, he wasn't dangerous. He was just rugged and just yeah. stiff, you know, and, and it's yeah. like, I mean, it's, he wasn't dangerous, and he didn't—he never hurt me. But those guys stole forearms with all that muscle behind it, and if they don't hit it exactly right, it's, it's going to a little. Hurt. Not knowing what you know now of that list, who did you pick to come out wow. as the cream of the crop? Nice. 
I don't know. Like, when I first saw Batista, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's enormous. Yeah. But then yeah. we would have promo days where we would just get in the ring and somebody would interview somebody, and Cena was by, by far off the charts phenomenal. Really? He can make you cry. He can make you laugh. He can make you angry. And they would just they would try to stump him. Okay, you've got a, a, a four-way Mario Kart match against Obi-Wan Kenobi and, 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 like, all these fictional characters. And he would just nonstop, just on, on point, just cutting promos on people. Mm. I think they had him in a, in a match with his own nuts one time, and he cut a promo on his own nuts. That's pretty good. And it was, like, it was it just on the spot. What, he couldn't like, see them? Oh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I can't take him. <laughs> Women's Revolution, or Evolution, sorry. Yeah. Did you see that coming out of OVW, right? Because you had some really top-level women out of there, too, Well, right? n- n- not so much when I was at OVW, but when I was a coach at the Performance Center is when they first hired Sasha Banks and, and Charlotte and Bailey. Mm. And I remember... Uh, Charlotte was kind of upset one day. She, she wasn't – there might have been other coaches there that might have been a little bit harder on her and didn't build her up, and she, she was thinking of quitting. And I told her, I said, are you kidding me? I said, you're the best one here. You're going to make it. You're going to be great. And she told me later, like, it was that boost of confidence that just – she pushed through it, and she was having some tough times with, you know, family issues and all the things that went on. And, you know, I, I just said, keep going. You're doing well. She's a phenomenal athlete. Great. Charlotte, very sensitive in real life, Charlotte Flair. I, I, not not that I saw, but I mean it was different because I was a coach. I wasn't I wasn't one of the other wrestlers, so I was kind of seen differently, and I would only see him a couple Mike, hours a day. Mike's worried that she keeps going to the doctor because people criticize her her looks and stuff. That you know she's getting. I mean, you're talking point. to me. Hey, again, they're probably the greatest women's wrestler, and I I, go, I, I also so. said she challenges a father to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I say too. slow down with that, but, but she's but she's, they, she's social great. media. I, I see they're ripping this girl apart, woman apart. I apologize. Yeah, the, and it's it's not right. The it's smart right. ones are are killing Charlotte Flair. I, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> what I, I couldn't imagine being a woman, and and because they they their their standards of, of what they have to look like all the time yeah. and be like as I, much different than men. I wouldn't want that. Place. And then how, the pressure how, of people. Yeah. How much shit that. did you take on social media? Oh, I, I usually repost. I, 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 I never blocked anybody. I'm like, okay, say whatever you want. You know, Babe Root's a pretty good player. That's yeah. this guy. Yeah, that's go. freaking great. That's right, great. We'll be right back with pro wrestling superstar Eugene. Batter up. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast www.quickcast.com 866-7-CAST-NOW That's 866-7-CAST-NOW QuickCast Start your own success Alright, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV We are honored, privileged, humble to have former WWE superstar, former OVW superstar just what an incredible wrestler, Eugene. All right, my 
My friend, what do we got here? Oh, okay. When you got the call up in 2004, all these years, you know, I mean, you did, well, you said you were about eight years in when, when you mm -hmm. got there. You get the call and you walk into that office and there he is, the, the George Steinbrenner of pro wrestling because we're Yankee fans. But there he is, man, the fearless leader. What was it like to meet Vince McMahon? What is he like? Uh, I mean, I, I was I was intimidated, but, you know, I, I you know, mouth shut. How are you doing, sir? Nice to meet you. And he just asked me, are you getting any ideas of what you want to do? And that's when, without thinking, I just spit out that idea of, you know, the, the character that might not be very social, can't tie his shoes. And he, him and Stephanie kind of went back and forth on, well, we could do this, we could do this, and that'd be funny, you know, and just kind of some little ideas. And he just, he liked it. And like I said, it was, it was a time where I really needed to either put up or shut up. And, and I think, I didn't think that they, I didn't think they thought I would succeed. I thought they, they were, okay, we'll give this guy a chance, and it'll fizzle out, and then just, that'll be it. Right. Um, but I remember before I was on TV, I wrestled uh, Lance Cade, and it was in St. Louis. It was during the Final Four, so it was like an afternoon show. And I was never on TV, and I went out and wrestled Lance, and by the end of the match, they were chanting Eugene's name for a guy that they'd never seen on TV, which I think is almost unheard of. Fans loved you. I come back through the curtain, Arn, Triple H, Stephanie, all of them, applause. There you, you know, go. Triple H like, you know, you really embraced the character. You didn't go out there and try to act like it. You just, you just, you became it. And I think when, when, once once that happened, then they, they were sold on it. I'm discovering now because it always seemed like you enjoyed yourself playing that character. I'm seeing that you clearly did. Well, I mean, that's the thing I tell the guys: if you go out there having fun, if you're out there having fun, the fans are going to know it and they're going to get with it. Yep. The guys that are out there trying to remember or, or or panicked or not sure what to do and then they're frozen. Was it being a fan of Hogan growing up that you were able to recognize the sympathy? portion of your character because when Hogan would take those terrible beatings the fans would be like please Hulk come back you were always able to build on that the fans always had that sympathy was that growing up watching Hogan have well I, I definitely recognize it with Hogan but it was when I first started Danny Davis was no longer wrestling he was just uh you know the coach and doing the tv but I wrestled Rip Rogers and I wrestled probably for three years I wrestled Rip Rogers at least once a week on one of our shows and I my ears were open, shut my mouth, and he would just... And he you was got a chopped for three straight years? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah big time. Yeah, he, was, he was a 42-year-old bodybuilding man, and yeah. we were I was like a 19-year-old boy. Yeah, all this work. making mincemeat and, and he just would, would... And he looked mean, and I'd watch him before I started wrestling. I'm like, this guy scares me. All, all these guys are doing stuff that we do in practice, and I see that, but I watch him, and, and I'd be in there scared, but then it was so easy. And then he would so light, and he would talk to me. You know, fire up, do this, do that, and then I could hear the crowd. And then it just all, just the light bulb started to come on and it became so easy. Mm. He was the one that taught me how to perform in the ring. Wow. You, you feel he's a little underrated? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Fair enough. I think, uh. Uh, I, I think he's a, uh, an individual. Some people yeah. might say he's a little quirky, <coughs> but uh, he, he definitely, you know, he, he, he's, uh, I, I definitely love Rip. He's a great guy. Fan Dan Crusader out there is asking, what was more thrilling, beating Kurt Angle for the gold medal or beating Triple H? Ooh. I did pin Triple H on Raw. Yeah. But when I beat Kurt Angle, I got the medal. Yeah. Christy Hemme was there, too. Mm. I don't know. It's a toss-up. I'll go, go with I, Christy Hemme. I, I'm going with the medal. I'm going with the medal. I, I don't know, but how many, was... how many people... Who's the last guy that pinned Triple H on well, Raw? That, you know, well, as far as rarity goes, people. but how many people have had Kurt's medal? Wait, first of all, how hard was that? Was Triple H like, I don't know. I don't know what to do it. I mean, when you just started to get over, then Triple H goes, oh, yeah, I want to work with this guy. And I just listened to him. And it was very similar to working with Rip. It was like, you know, he's going to get all the heat, and I was just going to, you know, be me. So you worked with McMahon, and you worked with Bishop, probably two one of the greatest minds in pro wrestling. Who are you choosing as a the greatest mind between those two? 
I mean, I, I think you have to go with Vince. I, I really do. Yeah. But, I mean, Eric also, you know, at one point in time, made more money with the wrestling company than anybody had in history. And Eric was, like, very personable with me. And, I, I mean, I could talk to Vince, but I didn't have that relationship, but I did it with Eric. And I ran a show in Sioux Falls, and uh, he came in for free. And, you know, we, we made a donation to a local charity there, and he came in, and we did the uh, musical chairs, and, and, and he was on the show for me. So it was really awesome. That's great. That is great. What is your... Uh memories of wrestlemania you got a particular favorite moment? Uh, for me it's with hogan that's just i just the, the crowd went ballistic but is that your favorite wrestlemania well, I, I, absolutely i mean that was the, the only one that i was really out in front of the crowd right um right. the next couple i was doing some backstage segments but i mean gotcha. they were all fun just the whole experience the whole you know all was that like that, a dream for you yeah, i mean you're, you're talking about your childhood favorite basically i mean you're I, I, saving you I, I, oh my god I, I i never even thought i would make it to wwe i, I mm. wanted to do wrestling i thought i'd be an indie wrestler and have fun and you know i, I was going to college i graduated college and I, I probably th- I thought I'd end up a football coach at, at my high school or something mm. and ended up, you know, in the ring with Hogan at Mania, action figure, T-shirt, you know, main events. It's like, oh, my gosh. Did it's you like, get goosebumps when the music hit? I still do, right now. I still feel like this is awesome. When The Rock this came out, awesome. like, like, okay, when I did the segment with The Rock, I got to TV early, and um, I was friends with, with Rob Conway, and then that's when he was tagging with Sylvain Grenier when they were Lars Estants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sylvain knew Pat Patterson, so he comes up to me early in the day. We are in San Diego. He goes, um... Uh, they got this good thing for you, and they're either going to bring in The Rock or they're going to use Rhino. And not a knock on Rhino, but that's that, that's a big distinction. The Rock had been on The Rock. And I'm going, he's not going to come. There's no way. You know, he, he's in L.A., we're in San Diego. I mean, I, he's not. And then he shows up, and we start going through the segments. And I had, I think, six segments on Raw that day. And the, one of them was, was, was the one in the ring. And we did the whole walk, walk through beforehand. He's doing all the spiel. There's your line. I missed it backstage. Okay, so I had to go run around and do some other stuff, and I come back. I missed it backstage again. Missed it in the ring, live on TV. He's going. He walks by. He's doing his little trot around. He goes, "Your line's next, kid," and just fed it to me right there. And it was like that. It was that 15 minute or 18 minute segment that that made me a star. Yeah, right. that made me a made man. Right. And the coach was in there too. The coach came and wrestled me in Sioux Falls also. So I mean, it was like the coach says also that that was the biggest, best moment. You know, the loudest, the most electricity. It was like it was phenomenal. You were over. You mentioned Lance Cade. Mm-hmm. Um, Lance doesn't get a lot of talk, but did yeah. you uh, know Lance was having problems? Like, mm-hmm. did you have that kind of relationship with him? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't live in the same city he lived in, but I knew because we kind of ran the same circles. We rode together a lot, so I mean, there was several guys that were kind of you know in in, in that circles, and I, I didn't know. I, I guess I didn't know how bad it was, but I think he would have been world champion, top guy without a doubt. He had a look. He had the look. Well, if you remember, like his last match, Sean put him over. Yeah, and and and, and, and that was the rocket. The rocket was starting right there, hmm. and he just uh, stumbled. And <laughs> any thoughts on Trevor Murdoch? The way Trevor Murdoch is still going all these years later. Trevor's a good dude. Surprise yeah. you that he's still yeah, no, he's, no, not at all. He's, he's got a nice little push over at NWA yeah. power. Yeah, he's, he's doing well. He's, he's a good worker. That. He's you know great guy. Mm. Definitely old school. Yep, definitely old school. All right, with that, we'll be right back. After this commercial break with pro wrestling legend Eugene, we shall return. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631 900 Dump. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good 
fucking wine. Yeah. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Farrell, only seen here out of Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma, New York, with a special guest, our honor, Eugene. How are you, buddy? There he is. Look, LTD, living the dream. Bro, what? you are in great shape, by yes. the way. What, 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 what are you doing? Like, well, what are you I, doing? I, I train pro wrestlers in Sioux Falls and Midwest All Pro Wrestling. There you go, You guys baby. got fast food joints over there? There are some, yeah. So you, you stay away from those. I, I, I choose to cook, so. Oh, there you yeah. go. Okay. Where's uh, Rom Conca for, what's the name of the city? Rom Conca. Where does that come from? So Long Island uh, Indian has based. a bunch of towns. Indian-based. Are all Indian-based, right? Yeah, so, yeah, very Indian. So everything, you know. Long Island. See, one thing about New York cool. is you have the water, you have all, anything you want here yeah. at Long Island, right? Yeah. Anything you want yeah. is on Long Island. The only problem is, it yeah. costs so much money oh. to live out here, it's utterly ridiculous. Oh, it's and it takes forever to go anywhere. It's, yeah. It's yeah. insane. It's, we got eight pounds of shit in a two-pound bag out yeah. here. How long did it take it's, you? You came in from New Jersey. How long <laughs> did it take Newark, you to drive I think it took us like two and a half hours yeah. to go. I don't know how many miles it is, but it's not two and a half hours worth. Yeah, oh, bring my Bring your God, shaving man. kit. It's going to be a while. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. We're so used to it, though, here. So, as you mentioned before, you work with so many greats. Yeah. We... Always talk about this. John Cena, we feel, is the last great pro wrestling superstar. Seems to be. Period. On, um, on that huge level, seems to be. How was John Cena? Was he a good guy? Oh, absolutely. Love him to death. Oh. We became friends when he was in OVW. And then when he when I, when I started on the road, uh, he was on SmackDown. But then when he moved to Raw, when I first started on the road, I rode with Regal and Tajiri. And it was like Barnum Bailey Circus on Wheels. <laughs> And then when uh, Jerry Regal got uh, Jerry went back to Japan, I went to SmackDown. Cena came to Raw, and I ride ride with Cena. And I mean, without a doubt, awesome guy. We we got pulled over one time, and the police officer pulled us over because he had his kid with him to meet John Cena. And I saw people come out of you know raining in an intersection, get out of their car in the intersection to to take a picture. And he he would do it without a doubt. Get out and Hmm. I mean, he'd get in the car and go, that guy's an idiot, but he's like, you know, but he, for the kids, absolutely. And whatever, over 500 make-a-wishes and the most requested make-a-wish person of all time. That's, a, think, that's a difficult thing to do, and he just embraces it. It's not, it's not easy to say this, but I have to ask you, is there some truth that he's killed a few careers behind the scenes, like Ryback, who loves to squawk about it, any any. Any truth I, to those things? I, or in the past when somebody was dating one of his girls, sure. he got rid of them? And I mean, is there some of that? Because I, that's I, just I, I've seen all the rumors, but I, I never saw it with him. Okay. I, I, I can't say that it's not true, but right. I can't confirm it. Interesting. So okay. we, I can tell. I'm sure you could tell. Yeah. You're a good guy. You oh, can yeah. just tell yeah, you're, you're a are, good human cool. being, which is yeah. very cool. Yeah. But I will ask you this, and I, I just – there's got to be a dick out there that you couldn't deal with. Yeah. There's got to be Who's somebody that you were like, this guy's a be dick, a and I'm just somewhere. done with him. Or this girl's a dick. I don't know. What whatever. pimple would you have loved to have popped? Well, like like I said, I love Randy, <laughs> but I saw him do – he used to be a dick. Never to me. He okay. and I were friends, but I saw him do some not nice things to certain people. Um, but he's, he's not like that anymore. Okay. But there, there, really, there really was no one in the locker room that, that people d- dislike because if there's somebody like that, they would end up. Can Can you share like something Randy Orton had done that you looked and said, "What are you doing, bro?" <laughs> oh, I, I never said what are you doing. I laughed. Uh... <laughs> 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 so 
We went to okay. Nashville. We wrestled 50,000 people here. Yeah, just 50,000. Okay. Yeah. We, there was a young lady that came to the matches, and afterwards we ran by her house, and she ran to the bathroom. So Randy, she had a Mountain Dew bottle, and Randy put it oh. somewhere, and then she came back, and the whole time she's like, and then finally, oh, <laughs> wait, wow. wait, hold on. Back it up. So every time she's reaching, is everybody like, Bo- like, oh, like this, oh. like this, <laughs> like this, and then she just takes a big swig. All right, let's go. Oh he, my god! He had fluids oh my in, god. His, in his head. He had fluids in his head. <laughs> he love- had to go. He went instead. Oh How my god! How about him shitting in people's gear bags? I never saw him do it, but I've I've heard those rumors. I mean, throughout the years, that people have done that. Oh my I mean, god! Everybody would talk about Lawler's crown getting filled up, but <laughs> I, I, I never saw anything like that. You know. <laughs> oh my god! What was it like? You know, after okay, you you. You get to the top finally, and you have a nice, very nice run. Most most wrestlers would kill to get that kind of attention on mainstream WWE yeah. television. What was it like? Was it hard leaving and going back to the indie circuit, or did all those years you did in OVW prepare you for life after the big, you know, exposure? Was it easy afterwards? I really wasn't sure what to expect, but then once I got released, my phone started ringing off the hook, and I was booked more after I got released than I ever was. And that's when it really became fun because then there was no pressure. And that's when I'd get to go somewhere and I could really look around at at the sites and get to see people. Because before, we'd fly in, we'd go to the building, we'd go go back to the airport and fly back out or hotels and just going so fast. But then I got to sit back and appreciate it. And I got to take, you know, my wife, we were engaged at the time. I got to take her to England and to France with me. Can we pull back a little? Hmm? You're a mainstream guy. You're killing it. They're releasing you. Can you share with the fans and with us... What were your what were your feelings like? What were the discussions with your fiance at the time? Was it like, oh shit, my life is now over? No, I was crushed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, I, uh, I I was non-compliant on one drug test, and that's when I got released. Say that a time. Get one more time. I was non-compliant. On, okay. I failed one drug test. Okay. Didn't you get sick? Something like happened. Did you have a reaction to something? Well, no. Okay, so had the knee surgery, patella tear repaired. Usually takes nine months to rehab. After six months, the doctor said I could go back. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when they put me in the angle with Kurt Angle. Right. And looking back now, I was nowhere near ready to be in there with him. Okay. Like, there was times he would shoot me off, and I, I was hobbling. I, I couldn't make it. And I was just taking as much pain pills as I could to, you know, compensate for that. Sure. And we were in England, and I think I had a couple beers up in the room and took a couple pills mm. and go to set my tray of food outside the door, and the door shuts on me. Didn't have the key, so I had to go down to the lobby. And, of course, all the fans, all the locker room, Triple H, everybody's in is in the uh, 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 bar, passed out right, right before I made he made it to the to get a new key, so I had to take a little nine week vacation, and then when I came back, the WWE doctor said, well, don't take any more of the somas, which I agree now. That's that that is what kills all the wrestlers is the somas, not mm. the juice, not the juice, not the pain pills. I mean, pain pills are bad, but it's the somas that that lower the breathing so much that people quit breathing. Gotcha. The doctor said, don't, uh, WWE doctor said, don't take any more somas, but you can take the pain pills. Okay. So then when I did, and then I ended up failing a test for, it was, it was one that I had a prescription for, but then I couldn't prove that I had a prescription. Because that, that was a deal. Like, you, you could take it, you could take mm. the, the prescribed amount, you know, but but it, I couldn't, the doctor that I got it from, he committed suicide. And it was like, a, I mean, I, I don't want to make excuses because I did something I shouldn't have done, but I, I had all my, my, my T's crossed and my I's dotted, my lowercase J's dotted. So... Behind every man is a strong woman. She was your fiance at the time. She's your wife now. What did she say to you when you got released? And tell us a little bit about your wife. Oh, so when I 
first started touring, I met her in 2004 in Sioux Falls. September 28th, 2004, is a Friday. Regal and I were doing a media day, and I met her, and she was on TV in Sioux Falls. So I went on her TV show. She had a country music television show. Regal and I didn't. Just That was it. You know, we, we exchanged numbers, and con we, we had a long-distance relationship for about two years. But in Sioux Falls, like anywhere in the world, it's Eugene and Mrs. Eugene. In Sioux Falls, it's Stephanie and her husband. Right. I mean, she's more popular in, in Sioux Falls than I am because everybody oh. knew her from TV. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was quite upset, but she definitely stood by me. And, you know, and we're going to keep plunging through. She stood, you know, she awesome. When she pisses you off, do you just break into the Eugene gimmick? That would just be, to, like, you be get, just, get her off your ass. That. You just break into the Eugene. Yeah, she's like, oh. you can just be cute and wave. And you can get <laughs> out of she, anything. She, she didn't find it cute anymore. Oh, she's man. like, can you shut up? <laughs> So That's it has great. a shelf life at home, huh? That's it, huh? Like the gimmick's over? What, <laughs> I would have kept trying to do it till the end of time, you know? You can only pull that out so many times, right? Yeah, I guess so. Aye. All right, we'll be back with pro wrestling superstar Eugene after this break. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialist. 631-261-6420. That's 631 Two six one six four two zero Auto Excellence. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage. Ask for Jack. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. Keep trying to think, but nothing happens. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. It was a special Thursday show with pro wrestling legend. And you know what's scary? What? He's younger than us, and he's a pro wrestling legend. He is younger than us. I'm, I'm fucking like, he's I'm like in the off. Mike Knox club. You I'm, know, I'm like not too many people come in here that are I don't. Yeah, I really don't want younger guys in. I do. Really? Absolutely. It keeps us young. You feed off it like Derrick Rose is feeding off the playoff-bound New York Knicks. Uh, Any uh, I know. You don't care. They're out in the first round. I know. Thank anyway, you. Thank let's, you <laughs> let's move on. By the on. way, Phil, thank you for the bits, baby. Thank you for the bits, my the friend. Bits for the bits. Uh, Eugene, let's go, man. What is wrong with today's wrestling in Eugene's opinion? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, for Come me. On. What irks you? There's got to be something. I, I, I don't. I follow it lightly. Like I follow it on Twitter, on social media. I don't necessarily watch everything. Okay. I mean, I don't know that there's anything ever been a time that I disliked it because there'd always be something little. There might be if somebody does something artistically that I disagree with. It just like you could do it better in my mind. Mm -hmm. But WWE is making more money now than they ever have. Mm -hmm. So you can't say they're doing something wrong. You know, they've got more fans now than they ever have. Mm -hmm. Now AEW sprung up. You know, TNA is still st still. By the way, you. You just heard it from Eugene, right? As much as people go, WWE, they just turned over a billion-dollar yeah. deal. It's all about making money. That's but it. go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, what's the greatest match of all times? The match that drew the most money. The match that drew the most people. You know, your favorite match could be this or that, but 
you know, that's the whole thing. Is we're, we're here to put, you know, an ass every 17 inches. So here's a question for you. Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 3. Okay. Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair. Uh, maybe one of the Pick one of those, those yeah. three matches. Which one was more important? Hogan Andre. They drew, they drew 93,000 people. He's very and wise. How many, and how many people did Steamboat and Flair up <laughs> I, I mean, they were in a smaller building, but in 2,000. Yeah, I'll, I'll help you, 2,000. I, I didn't remember, yeah. Again, good match, but... Not good. But, but, but how many people did Roman Reigns and Triple H draw in that Texas stadium? 100,000. Right? Yeah. Damn straight. You're right. You know? Roman Reigns. I know. They the picked, there's another one that the internet kills. I think he's great. We've always liked him. It's a so, right. But it's like you said, that's legitimate heat that he has with people. That's right. And that's what you got to feed off. You have a wrestling school, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a scenario. Kid comes in here, slick back hair, sunglasses, what? blue jeans. Oh no! Blue jean jacket. Oh no! T-shirt. Yeah, but where were his hands? Hands in his pockets. Oh. And you're like, hey, kid, show me what you got. And he goes, well, here's my first move. I'm going to lightly kick you in the shins. If I'm running a wrestling school, I'm going get the fuck out of my school, you piece of shit. What would you Oof. do? Well, after I took his money, I would, you know. <laughs> If he was over with the fans, right. then I would say, well, you know, somebody out there likes this. Right. I, it might not be my cup of tea. Right. And if I got in the ring with him, I mean, it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay, play patty cakes. It would right. it'd be a little bit, you know, you know I would you, try to make the best out of what he was good at. You know, try to right. accentuate his strengths and try to limit but his But how do you come back off a gimmick like that? You can't, in my opinion. Your gimmick was someone with special needs but knew how to wrestle, big dude, right? Special needs. This dude's like... I don't know how you can recover from this, how you can be taken seriously. When AEW starts going out in the open market with fans, I don't think Orange Cassidy is bringing in 100,000 fans. But he might not be the guy that's meant to bring in 100,000 fans. True. He might be the, the opening comedy act. This is what Eugene was. Oh, I think, I think they have more planned for him than that. But of, of all the wrestlers who could understand why a shtick, while it might not be traditional, I'm sure you can understand that if you saw Orange Cassidy's gimmick, you're like, hey, if they, like you said, if you're over, you're over. And I mean, uh, I, I don't I, I don't know that AEW's been around long enough to, to know, but WWE, they can make anything right. They mm-hmm. took the mask off of Kane and made it believable. Yeah, you know what I mean? They, they, they can write anything if they really want to. They can make anything right. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's able in the wrestling world because we're in a phony, baloney, make-believe world. We're doing oiled-up, pretend fighting in our underwear against other men. We can't take it too seriously. Right. But right. is that what's wrong? You know, you should ask this question. We were just talking about that, mm-hmm. right? Us growing up, right? We knew wrestling wasn't real, but... I will tell you, mm. going to Madison Square Garden, Snooka, Morocco, mm. I had a friend, and I'm like, ah, you know, it's fake. That guy got so pissed off at me. Because right? we, we, we grew up in the pre-wrestling is fake, the kayfabe thing had not been ruined yet. Mm-hmm. The generation today that's in their 25, 30 years old, they're the first post-kayfabe being obliterated generation. Yep. They don't look at wrestling the same way we did. There was a sense of realism. It was like, oh, I know wrestling's fake, but this one time, I saw this guy really hit, he was really mad. Thank you. And that's what you wanted. That's how you hooked him. Mm -hmm. Now that we say it's entertainment, okay, well, let's do entertainment. Right. Hey, we're we're 50 now, but back in the day, we're 30, and when McMahon turns to Austin, it goes, you ruined it. I'm like, oh, shit, this is real. Oh, that whole Tyson. The whole Tyson. Every now and then, you can still hook the people. I remember when, uh, when, when, when Lawler wrestled The Miz. In that ladder match for the title in Philadelphia on mm-hmm. his birthday, Arn Anderson mm-hmm. gave him the nod backstage, and I saw him. Put, I, oh my God, he's going to win the title! And I, I was on. 
I, I grew up in Louisville. I watched Lawler every week. I was yeah. a Lawler fan. And then that fucking Michael Cole came in. And I, 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 that really, that was the last time that wrestling got me. But I loved it. You know, I, I loved it. And then, and then he died on TV. Yeah. My God. And, and, and they brought him back. But, but when does it get too far when a guy like Orange Cassidy is, you know, wrestling in his pocket, has his hands in his pocket, someone's got him in a full Nelson, his hands in the pocket, and when he's reaching down, he breaks a full Nelson, and we got a legend like Jim Ross selling this on, you, on the microphone. You know what Brock Lesnar would do to him week one. If, if I mean, Vince signed him, that, he'd, that's obli- what used to be done. he'd obliterate that game. Yeah, that's what used to be done. He put his hands just... in his pockets, and Lesnar would just break them in half, and that would be the end of that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's what Vince But like does. you said, it's entertainment now. Right. You know, right. And, and, and with the... I, I'll probably get heat for this, but the Snowflake Society, yeah. it's, it's a different mentality. Yes. And I see it, and I don't necessarily like it or follow it, but if the fans like it, I feel like that's the direction that we can you know, pursue. Right. What works, works. Are you amazed that, you know, look, the WWE fans have not seen Eugene, for, you know, in 14 years for the most part. Are you amazed that that two-year window has given you... So much joy in the post career now. I mean, this is freaking awesome for you, right? Absolutely. Those two years. I, was, I mean, it was it was it was that fifteen minutes with the Rock that made me. That's then allowed me to to, to do wrestling, you know, the way, which is what I wanted to do my entire life. It allowed me to travel around the world. Still, I have my own wrestling company. You know, I'm still running shows. I'm in the ring every week. You know, so it's it's phenomenal. What was your favorite match of all time, and what do you consider the greatest match of all time? Oh. Like I said, I mean, the match, the greatest match of all time was probably probably the ones that drew the most people or the most money. They said Ric Flair against Antonio Noki in North Korea drew drew two hundred thousand people. Right. I don't know what the truth is. I don't know if those people were forced to go, but still, I mean, that, that's a huge awesome. audience. Right. My favorite matches were Dynamite Kid against Tiger Mask. That okay, is, you know, I watched wrestling, and when I saw that, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is the best stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. But and I'll tell guys like sometimes those guys could only have those type matches with each other. You, know, you see Tiger Mask against somebody else. It was a little bit of that, or Dynamite against somebody else, but it wasn't those two together. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, it was uh, Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch in England. These guys were having phenomenal matches, but they could only do it with each other. And then uh, uh, was 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 an English kid, and, and he wrestled uh, Ricochet in Japan. Osprey and Ricochet. Oh, oh well, Osprey. Osprey. phenomenal Osprey. matches. But again, they wrestle yeah. somebody else. They can't do that. And I try to say, you know, accentuate your partner's, your opponent's strengths and, and, and make the match. Don't go out there and try to get your stuff over. Get his stuff over. And that's how you get the is match Is something over. lost, though, when a wrestler is 150 pounds compared to a guy like you at 230 and 240 or, and guys at 2300? Is there something lost in translation at a point where wrestling isn't being taken as seriously by fans either? Or are we just old school? I, I, I don't know because, again, WWE's making more money than they ever have. And it's our job to make my opponent look, look plausible. One of the first live event matches I had was against A-Train. Eugene against A-Train. Mm. And Eugene was just running around doing comedy, and A-Train was, was taking me lightly, and I think he ripped the buckle off, and he charged and missed, and he hit the metal buckle and fell down. And I sat on his chest crying because he tore up my bear. And I kind of one, two, three. I, I sat down. I accidentally like, stumbled and sat down on him. And, and it was his idea. It was like, you know, he, he, he made it believable. It's hilarious. All right, we're going to bounce back to this one. Third party issues with the with the wrestlers, right? Mm. So now the wrestlers had their own, they, they use their own name or their character, and social media has become quite the revenue stream for these wrestlers. And the WWE said, "No, nah, ain't happening, right? You could use your real name." What are your thoughts on that? You think the WWE is being uh, too controlling? Yeah, maybe better. Well, better word, thank you. If, if if it's the name that you have on TV, not your real name, but if it's the name that you've signed, the intellectual property of Eugene that I signed off to WWE, 
I see where they have a legal standing, but if you're using your own name, I, I don't think there's any way that they can stop you. And I think that's a little bit of overreach and trying to keep everybody. But again, if we had a union, they could say, hey, this is separate. This is what they get. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe it's right that somebody, your social media is your social media. If I'm going to go do the WWE social media and go be on the .com and go talk on their Twitter, that's theirs. So, but don't you think that if you had a union, back to the union thing, that the WWE would go, okay, well, that's part of the deal. But guess what? We get 50% of that because we're the one doing all your marketing for you. And so if you go on as Tom Jones. 6%. You get 6%. I did when these were out. So, I, I mean, it's like an, an enormous amount. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. It is. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, that's nothing to joke about. Six percent. These things are sold around the world. I mean, like, I mean, it's, 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 uh, if, if you're on strong and you're over, question: million of those sold? I don't know how many, but I mean, well, I mean, you got to know. You get a check, right? Yeah, I had one. Well, now he has check to go. That, that, that was like, and, like know, more than I ever made in my entire life. It was, yeah. it was like, oh my god, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, look at right. this, yeah. bang bang. Did yeah. you drive around with that thing for weeks, looking at it, going, "I have an action figure of myself"? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd be marking out all over the place, Monty and the Pharaoh action figures with kung fu grip. There you go. I had to go to L.A. and get in the the machine, right, where they scan you and like, oh. it's, it's it's you. So it's like, cool, really cool. All right, Eugene, we're going to hit you with something we call the Pharaoh's Final Question, which is where the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow, is going to hit you with a question straight from that head of his. Oh, great. More than likely, it's going to be some kind of pro wrestling question. <laughs> what do you want me to ask him? <gasps> Eugene, why is water wet? What? Quantum You're, physics. Go. There you go. Unbelievable. I'm not sure. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did he even a- a- answer this? I'll ask him now. What is your f- absolutely favorite match in your entire career? Like he mine did. or like in wrestling? He did already. He what? that one. He said Tiger Mask. Yeah, yeah Tiger Mask and Dynamite, the series they had. No, no, no. Your own no, match. That, oh, his Not own match. Not ti- oh, watching okay, right, Tiger sorry. Mask spin around sorry. the ropes and do all that cool shit in 82. What's your favorite match that you experienced in I, the I ring? Mean, I, again, I, I don't know. I wrestled so many matches against Rob Conway and Doug Basham in small towns around Kentucky that were so mm-hmm. much fun. I wrestled Rip Rogers all over the place. I wrestled mm-hmm. Triple H. Like I said, I was in the ring with The Rock, in the ring with Hogan, Pin McMahon. Mm. I mean, the, the whole career Pins was like McMahon. a dream come true. So I, I don't know that they're... Wait a minute. You beat Vince and Shane, didn't you? That's right. It was a well, handicap match. Dude, he beat, beat both, both of them. them. But I do know the greatest day of my career. And that was September 28, 2004, the day I met my wife. There you go. Look at that. that day, How much did they pay you to shave your head? What? When Vince shaved your head. How much did they pay you? Did they give you extra cash for that one? Yeah, it was, it was a little bit, yeah. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah, but they shaved Bischoff's head, too, I think. Yep. Yeah, you got him, too. Well, he, he wanted to do it, and then I remember <laughs> uh, when, oh. when, when Trump and, and Vince were building the angle for the shave the head, and I started thinking, I said, well, you know, generally they're going to shave somebody's head to show, you know, so what baby face has the most sympathy? Probably Sean. They're not going to shave his head. Who's, oh, God, Here's I'm the later. next one, aren't I? <laughs> Years later, who would have Years known? later, look at, look at Sean. Go on. <laughs> and then the writers are calling me. Um, I, oh, and they're like stammering. Like, um, I, we gotta add, it would be okay if maybe you thought about. Sure. Well, yeah, it's fine. They should have made the heart bald kid. Just pay oh, me. This is hard. All right. The heart bald kid. Eugene, I want to oh. thank you for joining our show. <laughs> what, a, what an honor. Where can fans see you this upcoming weekend? Do you have a list or anything? Do you know where you're going? ESS has got it, man. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm just on tour. I'm, I'm on the road with ESS because he's the best. He is But I'm best. sure you can find Eugene on Twitter, at Eugene Dinsmore. And then my pro wrestling company is Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Google that, and you'll see all the action we're doing. I like the YouTube. I got my own YouTube, you, Nick Dinsmore page, channel, and then the Midwest All Pro channel, and I'm making stars, making towns. Go to that Nick Dinsmore YouTube page. Hit like, hit subscribe. Let's more subscribers, the better. You've been watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Faro. Upcoming shows uh, next Thursday. 
pro wrestling. What do you call it? Like uh, extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Yeah. yeah. John Arezzi is there in the studio. Do you, do you know anything about John Arezzi? I know the John, name. Yeah. So John Arezzi was one of the was the first guy who put together pro wrestling like shows. Yeah. He was the he was the main guy. He's the trailblazer he, for all those wonderful conventions you go to. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. You it's know, great. He's, he's had a very interesting life. This no is bumps, a great book, no folks. Matt Memories. May twenty third, Tag America, our sponsor from on May twenty third from twelve to four. We'll have Mr. USA Tony Atlas along with UF, UWF star Sonny Beach, nice. John Arezzi, nice. and uh, star of the wrestler Andrew Anderson will all be on hand. Beautiful. And again, you don't have to be in New York. You can go call Tag America, buy a raffle ticket. It's only $10, mm-hmm. and you will get this autographed Tony Atlas hand-painted picture, which is valued at 3500 which is the... Tony oh, Atlas hand-painted it? No. Tag America. Although did. Tony, Alex there you is go, an Eugene. <laughs> but he will he will sign it uh, to the winner of this raffle. It's uh, worth about thirty five hundred dollars. Body pressing Hulk Hogan from Shea Stadium, nineteen eighty. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Good so again, call Tag America. They're on our sponsor list. May twenty seventh, Mega Powers explode. Randy Hogan and Macho Man will be in studio. with the crop. Here's one for you, brother. You ready? June 5th, 5 p.m., Jules Strongbow will be in studio. Do you remember Jules Strongbow? Yes, yes. What do you remember about the Strongbow? I just know the name. Like, I, I mean, I, I've seen you know, the Chief J stuff, like some of the What stuff. was the first wrestling match Eugene saw growing up? Oh. What started it all? So it was Saturday Night's Main Event. It was post the first WrestleMania okay. when Paul Orndorff, uh, Piper, and, and Orton turned on Orndorff, and then Orndorff came back at him. And I remember watching Piper run and run under the, the bleachers and down the hall. Mm-hmm. And Orndorff chasing him, beating him. And I was like, and then Uncle Elmer gets married. And then I think it was oh. Hogan against Volkov. And I was like, I'm hooked. That, that's oh, what I want to do. Elmer. What did All Piper right. mean to you? Like, I, I, I liked him, but I, not until I really started watching this stuff much later that all this stuff was like, my God, he was so phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Right. You were b- busy rooting for Hogan at the time. Well, but, but like, you know, it was a two-year window when I started watching post-WrestleMania to WrestleMania 3 when he kind of retired. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he came back, but I didn't, you know, I didn't get to see the, the plethora of his wrestling before that where he's really, like, you know, all over the place. Hogan, Austin, Rock, Flair. Who's the greatest? Okay, so this is what we do in Sioux Falls in South Dakota because we are the Mount Rushmore state. Who's oh, the Mount Rushmore wrestler? How could I not? That should have been the question. You I, blew yeah, it. I, well, he's covering for All me. Right, Thank good. you, Eugene. Thank you. So, Mount Rushmore. Four people. Yeah, Mount go Rushmore. for it. Go for it. Vince. Vince. Nice. He's the George Washington, right? Amen. I yeah. Think it's, I think it's Hogan. I think it's... It's Hogan. I think it's Austin. Yep. And I think it's Cena. And I think The Rock, there's another monument bigger than the, the Mount Rushmore called Crazy Horse. The Rock is Crazy Horse. Unbelievable. And you know what? It's hard you to You just argue. changed my list. You are 100% really correct. Yeah, how Un- can Vince not be on there? He's the mountain. He's the yep. mountain itself. Yep. Just announced June 19th at 10 a.m. Magnum TA will oh. be in studio. Oh, wow. My God. Magnum I'm TA. Out. I'm going to mark Again, out. Again, not NWA guys, but we yeah, catch on cable. Come on. And they were the enemy, right? We WWF guys. They were the enemy, but we still watched. You know I didn't have cable. I didn't have cable when I was younger, so I had to go stay at somebody's house to watch NWA. Yeah, yeah. Cut yourself a break, too. You want to, you're a huge Freebird and Von Erich fan. Absolutely. Come on, cut yourself a break. We might have grown up here, but we got it. June 28th at uh, 4 p.m., which is a Monday, so that's a special show. Yeah. Baby Doll Again? in studio. Oh, my God. Dude, I love Baby Doll. I don't oh, know. Man, we don't sit still, do we? 
All right, Oy. you can catch Monty and Farrow on the Monty and Farrow YouTube page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor. Catch us on the Monty and Farrow Facebook page. Yeah. Catch us on Channel 115, Tuesday to 7, 7 to 7.30. Early Risers, Saturday to 6 a.m. to 6.30. And Channel 20, which is a few hours from now. <laughs> yeah. Friday, 1.30 to 2 a.m. Farrow, any parting words, sir? Oh, just an awesome show. Eugene, thank you. You rock. You do it's rock, It's times brother. like these that we got to ask ourselves one question. Go What's ahead. That? What you going to do, brother? That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You've been watching. Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa. i got to stop. What? Yard Ape 99 said. What? Who? Now, I'm going to yard. I'm gonna step up first, but then Eugene's going to say something. The yard, yard Ape? Yard Ape. The Yard Ape. Yeah. Yard Ape? <laughs> Cena. <laughs> L-O-L. Get lost. What? Got to retort to that? Thank you, Yard Ape. (laughs) I'm going to step up for that. Yard Ape, we love you here. You're a great guy, but guess what? You're wrong. Cena is on the Mount Rushmore. How we can't put him on the Mount Rushmore? My friend... I'm sorry. If you hate the guy, that's all well and good. Right. You can't you can't reject the fact that he is Cena Rock won drew more money than any other match in history. Correct. Amen, sir. Yep. That's it right there. Yep. And Orange Cassidy against uh, whoever has drawn shit. <laughs> With that, parting words. <laughs> Orange Cassidy never heard of her. Th- thank you. Stick. Exactly. Babe Ruth was a great player, and you've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. And until next time, later.